All right, everybody. Good afternoon. I was about to say good morning, but it's 12 o'clock now, just on the money. So now good afternoon to everybody. Uh, my name is Sar retired Sergeant First Class Eric Castillo. I am your host of the Warrior Mindset and Motivation Podcast. And I'm also a life coach at Zimi Wellness Indigenous Sovereignty. And today we got another entrepreneur here. She does coffee. We all know we need that coffee in the morning, right? To get us going, like 99.99% of the planet needs coffee to keep going. So she has her own business with that, and I'll let her dive into that. And she has a pretty pretty uh, inspiring story. The story's in her bio, and I know that when you read it, you um, people, people just kind of react things differently. Some people feel the story when they read it. Some people actually, when they hear it, it kind of hits harder. So for, uh, for Carrie here, she's going to share her story and kind of everything and um, her service and what went down and how she was able to... Uh, bounce back a couple of times actually to where she is now and it's it's a pretty inspiring story especially for those who were struggling or even trying to get a business off the ground and with all the hurdles she's had to climb over she's she's an inspirational person so i'm going to go ahead and let her share a little bit about herself and let her have the floor carrie go ahead all right yeah you want me to start with service um just intro about <laughs> yourself okay um well, I, my name's Carrie Beavers. I'm living in the cornfields of Illinois, pretty much out in the middle of nowhere. Um, <laughs> I have two boys. Uh, they're one seventeen and one is 22. And I'm pretty excited because my oldest is coming to visit. I haven't seen him in over a year because of the pandemic and stuff. So he's going to be visiting and uh, excited about that finally because this is the longest I've been without ever seeing him. So, um, yeah, it'll be easier if you just yeah, okay. talk about service. Yeah, no, no, no problem. So, um, I was looking at your bio and, uh, <clears throat> I see that you joined the army, um, a while ago. How long did you do? Or when did you, what year did you actually join the first time? Uh, 91 to 93. Um, I went in as a cook. I was just trying to get away from my small town. Um, I had like 49 in my graduating class and yeah, Holy so smoke. just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, small country town. And, um, when I went in there, I wasn't really, I don't think I cared what job they gave me. I just was wanting to get away. So I picked the cook one and, um, I got stationed in Germany. So that was good for two years. And then I transitioned out in 93. Where in Germany were you stationed at? Um, Kelly Barracks, Darmstadt, um, Germany. It's about half hour from Frankfurt. Oh, cool. I was in Germany for a uh, little, little under six years. I was in uh, Vilsack, um, uh, close to about 10 minutes from Amberg. I don't Is know that one of the with... mud? Are they more like the mud holes, they call them, like for the tanks yeah. and stuff? Yeah, yeah. I'm an artillery <laughs> guy. So that's, we're kind of like, we were mm -hmm. in the Bavaria area and, uh, we uh, kind of just it's a lot of training open space and it's kind of neat. Um, I don't know if you got to do any field training experience down there in Germany, but like a lot of the training areas, especially in the Grafenberg training area. Yeah. So they have like a lot of World War II uh, pillboxes and bunkers and things out there and structures that are actually landmark that you can't even touch out there in the training area. And it's kind of neat. We uh, I remember a buddy of mine, uh, Scott, 
we were uh, doing some advanced party and we come across this building and uh, we we're like, oh, cool. Look at this building, you know, or whatever. And we kind of we, we stopped and we started walking around. And he's like, dude, you're not supposed to be in there. And I'm like, what are you talking about? There's no sign. And he's like, yeah, there is. And he snaps a picture. And there's a picture of me on the other side of this structure. There's a sign that says, do not enter. I'm like, oh, great. Like, <laughs> well, that so. might have been me. Uh, I remember going in some tanks. I don't remember signs, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So um, so for that uh, first transition, how well, hmm. what was it? How did that go for you? Because I know you only did a small stint there. So did you go back home? Did you? Uh, well, I, I know you didn't stay in Germany, so you went back to Illinois, or did you go somewhere else? Um, so I met my ex-husband now, but I met him in Germany, and we ended up getting married, and he got stationed at Fort Bragg. So that's where I was headed to after Germany. Mm, Fort Bragg. I, was, <clears throat> I did Fort Bragg, too. That was my first duty station. Oh, yeah? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Was my... Fayetteville. Mm-hmm. I was there from 2000 to 2006. So yeah. I don't know if you I don't know if you were there or not. Not then. We were there from I wanna say and like after he left ninety three to two thousand um one ish, the beginning of two thousand one. Oh, okay. All right, cool. Yeah, so yeah, I was I had just got there. I was new, eighteen year old kid down at Fort Bragg, acting crazy, being oh, yeah. on my own for the first <laughs> time. So Fort <laughs> Bragg then, is uh, Go ahead. Well, I was gonna say Fort Bragg. I can see that. <laughs> yeah, that's a Lived whole different it. place. That's a Fort Bragg is a whole different animal. There is too much <laughs> yeah. stuff going on. That's another, there. that's another podcast, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> call it the Fort Bragg edition because that is a whole <laughs> thing in itself. There. Um. Mm-hmm. So, um, and this, you went with him to Fort Bragg, right? You didn't go back in yet, right? Right. I got out. Um. It took me a few months. I did end up going back in the reserves, those 82nd Aviation Reserves. Um, I know that that wasn't very long. It was. And I was trying to sell pagers. So that's how old I am. I should. Yeah. Um, I know. Half half the people walking like, what's a a pager? Like. (laughs) Give away my age. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah, no. Sorry, not sorry. Um, So I was trying to sell pagers and I got fired from it because I sucked at it. Um, and I thought, and, and like, I don't know, I just, I had a hard time meshing with the employees. It's not that we didn't get along or anything. I just had it every, all, everything felt weird. And especially being in an army base, like not being in, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And trying to everything, it was kind of just like, well, if we're here, I just, I, I don't know. At some point I felt the feeling that, um, I would just get back in if we're already here. And, you know, I, I think I'd be much happier back in. So, right. <clears throat> yeah, okay. it was difficult. Um, I don't, you know, people talk about, did you have a transition? The only thing I remember in Germany in 93 was them handing me my checkout paper to, to go get checked off at every station. I don't remember mm-hmm. anything about, I can't say that they didn't. It's been a long time ago, but I don't remember any counseling about what to expect or I feel, I, I just don't remember. I feel like it was just a checklist and you were thrown out there. Like, here you go. Thanks for your service. Yeah. Right. And if so, you say, it's funny you say that, cause that's the consensus with like a lot of people who had got out earlier than now, uh, that is kind of like, Hey, here's your clear papers. And it was no like, yeah, they had, um, 
what was it called at the time? It was called uh, uh, ACAP, Army Career Alumni Program, which was like a couple of days that you got yeah. like two days maybe of, hey, here's what happens when you get out. See you later. It was more like a check the block. Don't go to work for two days. And then basically mm-hmm. a little bit after that, you were you were out. You know, yeah. that was like one of your final things you did before you left the service. Yeah, but Germany, I don't I don't remember anything but them giving me the paper to check out everything out to get cleared. <laughs> that was it. And then I was thrown to the wolves. And then uh <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, that transition, like I said, it was kinda hard and I I couldn't sell that's funny. I sell coffee now, but I couldn't sell a pager. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't sell a pager case, the different color. <laughs> Though that was the thing I remember back then. The pager cases, that was, it was always, at least where I lived at in LA, if you didn't have like a clear pager case or, or a, a clear color one, you were not cool at all, you know? And if you didn't have like a little chain to attach your pager so it wouldn't fall, you definitely weren't cool. Oh my God. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> They had Those this the- big, yeah, they had this big uh, car phone, like the first car phone ever, like it was huge. And the, in this glass case, like it was like a shrine of diamonds or something. <laughs> you know, just, it was funny. <laughs> funny to think about. So yeah. uh, when you mm-hmm. went back in the second time, that's when you, uh, I saw you were a medic. Yeah. So, yeah, I, so talk about I that thought- a little bit. Well, when I signed up to get back in, I went to medic school in uh, Fort Sam Houston, Texas. And um, it was challenging. I mean, that was fun and everything, but I put a strain on my marriage leaving. And um, so that transitioning back to the military kind of wasn't easy either because the leaving part and for 10 weeks and um and when you already have, like, if you have a strained marriage and you leave, that doesn't ever really help anything. Yeah. So, uh, ended up, um, but anyway, long story short, we made it through that. We made it through, uh, the transitioning in Fort Bragg. So came back as a medic. I got stationed with, um, Womack Army Medical Center and I loved it because I didn't really have to do any field time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, at the hospital up there, you ain't going anywhere unless like they do like a big training exercise at the hospital or something. But I don't, I don't care to admit this, but I hate directions. Okay, I don't like land nav. I don't. I'm sorry, <laughs> I was in the army forever, but it seems like I like said my way out of here. Let me put this map thing. You know, we'd have to go out there and try to like qualify with something. I'd be like, here, just yeah, and we'd get right through <laughs> it. But I love firearms. Don't get me wrong, I can do that part, but um. Yeah, so that stuff, uh, I got to, it was kind of cool. I mean, I got to um, help manage a family practice clinic. It's, they had an outline clinic at Smoke Bomb Hill Family Practice. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, Smoke Bomb Hill, yep. Yeah, so I got to help manage that for a while, and that oh, was cool. that was good. Yeah, I, I was like managing a family practice clinic, but of course, when I got out, that didn't mean shit, so... <laughs> No. Without a degree, um, yeah, you start at the bottom. Yeah, um, and that's that's crazy. And it's you think like with all the and it's it's really going through a lot of the stuff like that, especially with military. We do a lot, and you have to word it the right way for them to kind of like 
overlook the degree. And it's even harder with like medics in the military because you got this training and you got this experience, you know, and you're, you, you legit, like I knew a guy, he was a special forces medic, but yet he didn't have a degree. So he couldn't be like, he couldn't no. be a, a EMT or nothing. And I'm like, he was like, you treated trauma in combat. How much, how much, what, what degree do you need? Like what, what certification do you need? That's a certification yeah. in itself, you know? Yeah. And at least uh, from what I've learned is when you actually have someone reword your stuff, it kind of helps. But like you said, it still doesn't mean anything because you don't have a certification or a degree, even though you did that for a long time. Yeah, I shouldn't say it doesn't mean anything. I guess I should say education behind it doesn't uh, civilian education, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. And even so, uh, special forces, they uh so they had the top floor and I had the family members um, underneath. So I got to manage like 40 federal employees and um, maybe four lower enlisted and stuff like that. It was fun. Go pick up garbage. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I miss those days. Damn it. It's um, like, yeah, I think about those <laughs> days too. It's like, you know, you're, you're, you're responsible for so much mm-hmm. and it's like, mm-hmm. And most of the time, like if the longer you stayed in, it's like you don't exactly have a choice to to be in charge because you're going to be in charge of something at some point. You know, you will be responsible for people one way or another in the military. And even for you, like you had 40 civilians and then four lower enlisted soldiers. So it's like I, I, I never worked with civilians, but um, I can only imagine, at least for me. Like, hey, Tom, can you go over here? Oh, no, I can't. I'd be like, get your freaking ass over there. You know? Right. Like, no, this needs to happen. It's crazy because I got this flow of like, I'm not saying everything ever worked out great, but I got this. There are ways that you can manage people. And it's been so long. I'm like, oh, God, I don't remember. (laughs) That they will respect you and do what you say without you being an asshole to them and. Um, you know what I'm trying to say? Like the federal employees would work with me really well. And like, I would give and take, like if they're doing an amazing job and they say, can I leave early for a doctor's appointment or something? And you say yes and not be a dick about it or whatever. And I mean, there's just ways, there's just ways, um, to manage effective, more effectively than just always. But I do, I will tell you like the lower enlisted. Yeah, I wasn't, and I would still be. He's if he wanted. Sometimes I say just take the day off or whatever. But I mean, but, but at the same time I would be like, yeah, pick up that garbage. <laughs> it was a mix, okay. If you mix it up, and uh, I don't know, it was just for me. I think there's a way that you can um, effectively manage people without, you know, that they'll respect you and do what you say most of the time, not all the time. But. <laughs> It just seemed yeah, to work that way. I don't know. It seemed to work for me that way back then. But, yeah, and everyone has their own style and flow. And I kind of would do what you do. I'd be like, I'd give like a couple of my guys like the day off, but like the command wouldn't know. And I'd be like, hey, look, you can don't come to work today, but keep your ass in uniform and stay in your room and be within a phone call. Because if I need you, you need to bring your ass back in here. <laughs> you know? Right. Like, so you're, you're off, but you're not off. But you need to be, uh, I'll get, tell him, okay, I'll get him here. He'll be here in a little bit. And then you need to bring your ass over here. And then do what you need to do, and then you can go again. And if something interrupts it, I'll copy the time that you know that you're you're gone. But right. you got to be at first formation, and then you got to be when we get off. You know, 
so they can have yeah. that gap in between. And that's a, that seems to work a lot, especially for lower enlisted guys. You give them that time mm-hmm. when they're doing really well. Just, hey, be at first formation, be at the last formation, and just don't get in trouble in between. Because if you do, I don't know anything, and you're on your own. Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, you got a, you got a lot of um, – I would say, for me back then in the military anyway – as a management, I mean, you have a lot of freedom to actually do your job as far as mm-hmm. management. I think it depends where you're at, I guess, probably. You might have NCOs that are down your neck all the time, but I didn't. Yeah. And, yeah. And I, I've been on both <clears throat> spectrums personally where there was some that were just so micromanaging that you couldn't do anything because they were oh. right there. But then they want you to be a leader, but they're right there. And then I've had others that are like, hey, this is what I need done. Let me know when it gets complete. Doesn't tell you how to do it. Just this is the task. Let me know when it's complete. And then they walk away, which is the I way think, it's supposed to be. Yeah. I think that having that. Yeah, I've had good you know, NCOs and bad. And I think having <laughs> that mixture of seeing what works or don't work. You know what I mean? I think you kind of learn from them what they're, you know what I'm saying? Kind of. Yeah. And this, and as you as you progress, you pick up little things. Like I'm not, one of my old uh, chiefs. He would say, you know, you pick up what you like and put it in your rucksack and then all the other stuff you just leave out there. And then that way, as you're developing your craft, you just pull stuff from your bag like, okay, no, I need to react to this guy this way. Okay, no, I need to do this way, this way. And you have so many stuff because you're learning from the people above you. Yeah. And I know that that plays a fact into the entrepreneur space, too, especially if you start hiring employees and stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, So when you did your time over there at Fort Bragg, I think he did uh, just, uh, I think he did, what, a few years, right? Three, four, I think it was. Um, I can't leave. remember. <laughs> but um, <laughs> regardless. Um, Actually, yeah, I think my timing is off a little bit. But um, we ended up leaving. I had my son in 98. And then we, I think we left in 2001. I didn't. Was actually so when I got out in 2001, I was inactive for a year, so I count that as my time. So, yeah. <laughs> hey, I was still right, you can count hey, that, yeah, right? Still good, still counts. All right, so um, we left around 2001. Sweet, okay. And then now, how was now, since that was your transition actually going like out, how was that? Like, was it kind of like Germany? Did they kind of make some now talking about a couple different time periods? So, now was there a little bit of changes going through the ACAP? Uh, program at that well for those who don't know who are watching it was called ACAP back then uh it was called the army career alumni program and then they transitioned it to uh cap transition uh alum uh, transition assistance program and then they changed it to what it is now which is soldier for life program uh so that that just shows the changes for people who are watching because there's different eras and stuff so that way they can catch each type of transition so for you i'm pretty sure i think it was still ACAP so did they make any changes to the program when you got out versus when you got out the first time? Well, it was totally different um, at Bragg. Uh, I do remember having a period of time. I don't know how long, if it was days or a week or what, but um, we did have to sit down. It. Um, I don't know if we can pay attention because <laughs> <laughs> you know how you're so because at the time, I think then when you're when you make the decision to get out, I think you're like, oh, out or whatever. And you're just not. Unfortunately, yeah. you should be thinking about these things while you're sitting there. Um, and I don't think I was. But I know that they offered some kind of guidance 
I don't, I think they had people come in and talk about different subjects, maybe mm-hmm. healthcare and stuff. Maybe my brain, I'm so old. <laughs> <laughs> Army's fault. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> But well, it's all good if you can't the remember. One thing that I, I do remember, the one thing I do remember is I wish. So at the time, they were like, "Oh, you've been putting in a claim." I know, I know they had that because I was like, "Yeah, I should do it." But then I was like, "No, I'll do it later." And then, like thirty years later, I did. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry, I left on myself a lot. But huh. I guess my advice is, you know, I don't think you're not going to look weak. Like you, I think a lot of us think, ah, I'm going to look weak off putting in some claim and they're not going to approve it or a million excuses why. So I guess my advice would be to take that um, opportunity right then and there to do it. Because right now, even if you try to do it now, it's different for everybody, but it can take years. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's getting better, but I think mine took two years. Yeah. I know. I know what they're doing now is, that's actually part of the process when you get out. You have to stop by the VA person and you sit there with a, a VA rep. I can't remember their name. And you list all of the things wrong with you. You're sitting there and they type it all up and everything, anything from scars. Oh. Like I did everything. I did scars. I twisted my ankle back in 2002. So my ankle hurts. Like I did Oh, I didn't know everything. they did that now. Yeah, yeah they yeah, do all didn't that. Do that back then. Yeah, and they, they list all your stuff and then they actually submit your claim for you when you get out. And then there's that 60 days. It takes 60 days to process. And then after that, that's when you find out what your rating is. And that's what you find out. That's when you find out a whole bunch of stuff. And then they'll back pay you those, uh, from, at least from what I understand, that you'll get that back pay of those two months from whatever you were rated. And that's what they're doing now, which is kind of good because I know a lot of people, especially during your, your era, they didn't do that. You had to do it yourself and people didn't mm-hmm. want to look weak. And and that's even still a stigma now about looking weak and it's getting better. Um, I, I tried to do my part when I was getting out with people, other soldiers who were getting out like uh, before me is like, look, tell them everything. Go, go to mm-hmm. I would I would encourage if someone got hurt to go to the aid station because it's in mm-hmm. your record. And if it's in your record, it's easier to claim where mm-hmm. a lot of my stuff I didn't go because I didn't want to look weak. Like from about 2000 to about 2009, I didn't go to the aid station a lot because the moment you went to the aid station, you got on profile, you kind of got pushed to the side, you know, and they took the hard chargers who were pushing through the pain. And there, there's, a, there's a line between pushing through the pain and then just being stupid, you know, mm-hmm. and that's I developed the thing of if you're not 100 percent, you can't you, you can't work with me because I need you at 100 percent, not 99 percent. I need you at 100 mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. 99 can go to zero real fast, and then now you're dead weight, and we have to pick up your weight, mm-hmm. you know, and you and you're you're holding everybody back. So that's that's what I would encourage now is go to the aid station, go even if it's like a, a sprained ankle, go get it on paper, mm-hmm. go get it on record because that sprained ankle, like my left ankle, still hurts from the one time, mm-hmm. and even my right one. I remember in 2002, I was carrying two of the HE rounds, they're like 98 pounds each. We were walking through a grassy field, going from one gun to another, and I step in a hole. I couldn't see because you know how Fort Bragg has that crazy grass that covers mm-hmm. holes. <laughs> and I stepped in a hole. I did like a half spin. One round went this way, and another one fell right oh. on my wrist. Yeah. So like now, my wrist pops like no other, but <laughs> oh, my dumbass didn't write it on there. So oh. I'm fighting yeah, yeah. So I'm fighting all like the non-service connected injuries. And even though like I'm pushing for them and my, my argument and I'm winning is, look, I joined at 17. 
all of my shit is service connected, damn it. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah. Because I was a healthy yeah. kid. So, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I, I like hearing your part where um, hearing the the way getting out, I always like to hear the stories from prior, uh, before they changed programs and changed programs. I like to hear what it is because so that way people can see how it actually is getting better from what it was then. I can see like for you back in the 90s, then back from 2001, 2002, and then to when I got out, you can see the advance that they're actually making. I mean, they still got a long ways to go, even because for me, I felt lost still, but they, they're, they're making yeah. progress in it. And, um, and as we, as we keep moving here, how did you come up with the idea for your coffee? What, what sparked that idea? Because usually, and I, I'm, I, this is like a, a kind of like a loose statement. I'm going to say when a veteran comes up with an idea, especially for a business, it usually revolves around something. There is a story, there's a trauma, there's a reason. Not saying that the civilians don't do that, but there's more of a drive for veterans because something happened. So what what came up with the idea? Like, how'd you get your name and how and how did you build it up and what how how'd you bring this thing to to life? Well, basically, uh, I would say September um, 2019 is when I decided that I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't be in denial anymore that I had PTSD and I couldn't let it keep just uh, wrapping itself around my life. And, you know, me making all these, me wondering why I'm making all these decisions to hurt myself or, uh, you know, just stupid rash of the moment decisions that weren't good for me or my soul. And I just get tired of my own shit basically. So I decided in 2019, um, and I probably wouldn't have done this without, uh, my cousin's roommate at the time was a VSO officer and he knew a little bit about my story. So he kept saying, you should come put a claim in. And um, he lives like two hours away. So I, and I'd kind of just be like, yeah, whatever, maybe. And then about two weeks later, he'd be like, you should come see me, put a claim in. And so I finally did. And um, I guess going in there and I didn't know that me writing my statement down on paper was going to be like, open up this whole uh, thing about, yeah, just everything I've suppressed and it was hard. So um, I ended up writing it down, but then I also ended up getting in a lot more depression. And uh, so for a year, I mean, after September, let's see, I don't know, somewhere around there. Anyway, I, after putting my PTSD in for MST, which is military sexual trauma, and finally dealing with it after for 30 years, because as soon as it happened, it was the end of my training in uh, AIT the last night. And I just wanted to leave the next day. And then I went to Germany two weeks later. But since then, but the moment I left um, training, I was in denial that it happened. I pushed that shit way back. And I was just like, this didn't happen. And but it's kind of weird because when I got to Germany and I'm acting out in all these ways that wasn't like me before, like to suppress it, like drinking and drugs. And I mean, that wasn't me before. I mm-hmm. <laughs> was not me. And um, like not calling my mom and she would be calling uh, the mess hall, if you want to call it that, <laughs> 
all worried about me, you know, like I haven't heard from you. And cause that wasn't normal. Just all these things I, that started happening. And I, in Germany, I didn't put two and two together that it was my, that it was PTSD or anything. I just, mm-hmm. you know, I was in such denial that I didn't put it together and just kept making bad decisions. But, um, so basically it's a little bit of this backstory. So I come back after I put the claim in, I decided, um, you know, I was feeling pretty, it just took me to a low place where I, I was feeling suicidal. Like I didn't want to feel this shit. That's why it's been in the back of my head. You know, I didn't want to deal with it. And, um, so I started, uh, getting on groups online with veterans. And then I started seeing like all these other veterans saying that they wanted to, and it's not just that they were having a bad day. It's like, they're basically, you know, with a gun in their hand or whatever. I mean, it's just, I didn't realize this problem was so big until I got on there and was kind of looking for myself for support. So the more talking to them um, or realizing that just by me listening to them was helping them, then that kind of started helping me. Um, That's not the only thing. I mean, I did end up going to counseling at the VA and I hated it. I, oh, I was bitchy. I was. <laughs> <laughs> My poor psychiatrist is probably a. Because, <laughs> yeah, he's like, tell me everything in order to start back at childhood, you know, and just have to keep bringing this shit up again. And I was just, I'd be really bitchy about it. Poor <laughs> 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 okay. guy. Um, so, yeah, I'd be, I decided to go VA. It wasn't. You know, same with my counselor. I was kind of like, I didn't want to open up. It took time. And then I I kept going. And I'm not going to lie. There's still times I cancel because I don't feel it. But eventually, I'll get a hold of them. They know that. So yeah. <laughs> I don't keep every appointment. But I, I have to say that it helped at the time. It helped me reaching out to the VA. Um, uh Especially where I'm at, I think I think they really do want to help you. You know, they do want to do the best that they can with the tools that they have. So I ended up reaching out to VA, and that helped. So and then on top of the group thing, and then seeing that I can make a difference. Because at first I'm like, I'm only one person, and I can't make a difference. You know, just kind of how I felt mm-hmm. about it. But then when I seen like uh, I use this example that this combat that was really um, upset and you know, just on the brink of doing something probably stupid. Um, He was explaining to me that, you know, he loves his wife, he loves his kid more than anything in the world, but his wife didn't understand him or couldn't understand, couldn't relate. I can't say that I can relate combat, but as a veteran, I can relate. So just me relating to him, having that moment of somebody listened to him that he felt like he could relate to um, helped him. So I just... I noticed that, you know, you can make a difference. So from there, uh, it wasn't an easy year, like in and out of, um, I'm trying to think, in and out of counseling, Mm -hmm. making some appointments, not making some appointments, but I'm glad that I reached out. So if any, I just, I encourage other people to do that. That's the biggest hurdle too, is actually like reaching out. That's the biggest one. 
it's uh the that you put that thought in your head of oh they're not going to help me anyways you know when really like you're not giving that person on the other side a fair shake you know you're you're making a an assumption for that person mm-hmm. and you don't know you know and i think that's one of the huge hurdles that the that veterans have to try to overcome and it's hard because i did the same thing and it's very easy to isolate and shut out and be by yourself that is super simple to do you mm-hmm. know so it's mm-hmm. like I, I all the stuff you say i can relate to it because i did it too so and you know it, it's hard and what but once you actually like climb over that and you see and, and then maybe the first time doesn't go as good maybe the first uh psychiatrist is a turd doesn't mm-hmm. mean they're all turds you just mm-hmm. and that's what happened with me like i had one I had one female um, who she was all right, but she had called me from her personal phone because I had missed her call from her office. So then I didn't know it was her. I called her back on the, on the, cause I didn't know what the number was. She left a message. So I called the number back. So she was like, Oh yeah, I just wanted to see if this, that, or, you know, if you're okay. I was like, yeah. So we scheduled an appointment. Then I get a call from a VA person saying that, why am I calling a psychiatrist's personal phone number? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, what, what, who, I had no idea. And, and at the time I had the number still on my phone and I was like, I was like, look, the number's right here. She called me. I don't know what the hell's going on here. I, I, I gave her the ax super fast yeah. because it caused, it caused a little bit of tension for about a week or so. Cause I didn't want to get in trouble. I was like, great. Yeah. Now I got this going on, you know, and I was, I was pissed. And I, yeah, so it's like, I, I get it. And <clears throat> sometimes you just have to go through trial and error until you find the right person who, who you actually meet up uh-huh. with on the same plane, you know, and it, it takes time. And that's the hard part is if you find the, the first one that's kind of crappy, then you're like, oh, see, I knew it sucked. Yeah. But again, you're placing judgment on an entire facility over one person, you know? Right. So mm-hmm. it's like, you, you can't, you can't do that, you know? And I think that's one of the things that veterans have to try to overcome. So and for you, as you were doing all that, Soldier Girl Coffee, did that come up yet? Or is that that's still a little bit later down the line? I'll try to convince condensed version. Um, <laughs> so I became an affiliate for another coffee company and I ended up getting in. Um, so while doing that, I was able to reach out to other vet because they hired veterans. So I was able to reach out just by talking to other veterans and kind of feeling part of a team again. And um, mm-hmm. because I don't live around that many veterans and that I know of, I mean, central Illinois is cornfields. I don't know. It's just hard. to. <laughs> <laughs> They live in Chicago. They live everywhere. They live in Texas. Everybody's in Texas. <laughs> no, but there probably are some. But um, just, so just having that, uh, yeah, that's what I need. I felt that's what I needed. I need to be around veterans that can relate and stuff like that. So um, I ended up uh, doing that for a year. And I was in leadership with that. And I did their marketing for them for the training and did some training stuff, wrote up the trainings and stuff. And then um, I felt that they weren't really doing what they said they were. There's a couple of things they weren't doing. They said they're going to do for veterans. So with the encouragement of this veteran business group that I was in, 
since last July, they kept saying, why don't you start your own? And um, so, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know I was going to start my own, but I ended up taking everything I've learned and kind of the skills and stuff like that. And just started, started a soldier girl company. So coffee company. Mm-hmm. And, um, basically behind the, I know what, I need to get my story straight. Like I'm all over with this. <laughs> no, you're fine. So uh, let's um, go. With, how, did, how did you come up with the name? So I didn't want to copy everything. There's so many things that are overused and I wanted it to be different, but then at the same time I'm thinking, well, that's, and I started searching that it wasn't really, uh, obviously it's not used. So I'm, I used it and behind the name, I'm going more for like, Soldier Girl, it's me, is like a warrior, um, survivor. I don't care if you're male or female, but as long as you give, don't give up and you soldier on, you know, just um, about strength, I think. Just perseverance mindset, just not giving up, not letting society um, choose for you, be yourself. It's, it's wrapped up in a lot of things. I'm finding right. out more and more as I'm marketing and growing and stuff like that. I'm finding out more and more um, empowerment. I mean, I, it's a male and female company, but I am, uh, I did get some brand ambassadors and I do have male ones, but the females, I am just so proud because it's just crazy because I feel like I've really inspired them, especially um, some have some injuries and stuff like that whether it be visible injuries or not. Um, some do, some don't. And they're feeling really empowered to be a part of this uh, adventure. So yeah. I feel like I'm inspiring them and empowering them to get out. You know, it's been it's been really nice to see that. It's been, I don't know, just awesome to see the transformation. And, um, and another girl, I have a combat vet. She, there's a couple of combat vets, but yeah, it's just very interesting. They get to uh know what they've been through and kind of how this can help them so right and that's awesome too like i like your logo your logo is pretty awesome like you know you have like almost it has like a military slash pinup style it's like a little bit of a blend when i saw the logo i was like oh well that's pretty cool you know like (laughs) she's all just like like that you know like (laughs) yeah okay got a little 50s vibe with some uniform but we got some skin showing okay soldier girl coffee okay yeah. cool like yeah. you know logo's important you know like that's image so when people see an image like oh let me go check that out because that's the first thing they see so i think you nailed that one that's a good one because i was like oh dang yeah. and actually saw it and went to your website so <laughs> yeah thank you um <laughs> that's another thing uh my designer he's amazing and he um i can give him idea of what i want and then he can add a little bit to it. And then I'm like, oh, my God, that's amazing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like his brain and yeah. mind together. I'm like, yes. Uh, so basically, like, at first he did it without the tank. And then he's like, let me just add this. And I was like, yes, I love it. You know, with the tank. <laughs> Obviously, it brings out that much more. You know what I mean? Those little changes. Mm-hmm. And having that male. He's a veteran, too. So having that kind of male and female um, thing. But, yeah, I'm pretty proud of it. I'm. It's got, I got a lot to do on that. And uh, what type of flavors do you have of coffee? I know we talked about some, but like just so people hear, because, you know, there's a, 
you know, a consensus on what type of flavors you got going on. I know there's a couple if you want to share some of those flavors that you you offer. All right. I don't know how well you can see this bag, but I'm going to show the actual label. Okay. So every month that I grow, I'm going to add new flavors. But right now I have 100% Colombian um, coffee and I have 100% Colombian CBD infused coffee. A snickerdoodle coffee, CBD infused, and French vanilla cream, CBD infused. So that's what I'm starting with, but I can't wait to add more in the K-Cups and all that too. So Right. And that'll be a huge hit because I know we we're talking about that before because a lot of people just sometimes don't have time to do the coffee and they just throw a Keurig in there because that's what a lot of people have. And I think that I think that'll be mm -hmm. a huge hit for you too, especially because all you gotta do is boop, close the lid and hit the button and oh, yeah. let it go. Oh, yeah. So, I have people, they're like, I'm going to order as soon as you get it. So, yeah, hoping, I won't give a timeline, but I'm hoping sooner than In the, in the near future, hopefully. Yeah. We'll, we'll go we'll with go that. With that. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, um, so, and I see you've made this, like, basically your, like, full-time job. You know, it's your, your business. And uh, it, is it kind of, I know you got, like, brand ambassadors, but is it kind of just you running the helm? You know, is it just you? Do you have, like, an assistant or you have, like, a, I don't want to say, like, a helper, but, like, another, let me throw an employee helping you or anything? Or is it kind of just you running the whole show? Like, nope, this is me. I'm rolling and, and I'll get little helpers down here, but that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, right now I'm a one-woman show. I'm uh, running the whole good. show, but I, I do. I mean, I am thinking about ways that I can add on. Obviously, when I start needing, I feel like I need more help right now, but it's still stuff that I can manage. Um, but it's right. growing, and there's a lot more. Uh, there's a lot of people coming out of the woodwork, and. Well, like, you're doing great, especially by yourself. <laughs> Sorry, I'm and, overwhelmed. <laughs> well, and, and just think of it like this too, like with other other companies, because you're starting out too, and, and as you as you grow, and to kind of give you a little bit of a uh, motivation, a little bit of a uh, like, okay, I'm doing all right. Just remember, uh, Grunt Style started out as a small company making their own shirts. Now they have few huge facilities. They have a board. It was just two veterans. Now they have a board of people that do stuff. Black Rifle yeah. Coffee. They're the same ones. They started out just like you. Now they have added more people because they got too big. And it was like, hey, this thing's really big. We need to freaking mm -hmm. get more help. But you're right now you're on the track. And, you know, it's just you can, especially being a, a woman in, in the lead. I, I like that because I like to see women doing big things, especially on their own, being entrepreneurs. Kind of yeah. change the whole stigma of, oh, it has to be a guy running a business. No, it don't. I, I women are I think smarter than guys when it comes to businesses, honestly. Like yeah. like me, it's just I'm more of the do you want to buy this or not? You know, like that's just my <laughs> where with I, a woman, they'd be like, Oh, well, you know, talking and this, that, or whatever. It's like with, with uh my fiance Rachel, she's more of the she can she can word things and it'll, you know, oh, I think this where me it's like, look, you're either gonna get this shit or not. Are you gonna buy it or no? Like well, Rachel, Rachel's I'm good beautiful. With, <laughs> Thank you. You'd be like, yes, just give me the coffee. You know, yeah, I didn't even ask anything. She don't have to try hard with me. I'm like, look, you're gonna buy it or not? Like, oh, I'm not sure. I'll throw the bag at you. Like, here, take the freaking mm -hmm. bag and I'll give me money. Damn it! Like, 
you know. But, yeah, just cuss people out pretty much. Yeah, I'm not uh, the I'm not the salesperson type. I was never one. And like, I always joke, like I could never be a real estate agent because I would be walking with someone's like, hey, you're going to buy the freaking house or not? Like we walked through this shit like for an hour. This is a yes or no thing. If not, I got other mm-hmm. shit to do, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, so I, 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 I had the same that. thing. Remember, I got fired from selling pagers. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, at, least, oh, no, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> at least the coffee is not pagers and, and you can't get fired because it's your own place. Yeah. So unless you can go fired. and like, you know, you go to the mirror and be like, you know what, Carrie, you're fired. No, never mind. You're rehired because then I have no one. So, <laughs> right? So at least you say you can fire and rehire yourself as many times as you want. Yeah. So when someone can say, have you ever been fired from a job? Yeah, I fired myself three times yesterday. You know. <laughs> so. Yeah. So it's pretty. It's good. Um, I know that I'm gonna need a uh, some kind of help in the future. So. Just it's more about thinking of how to find those right people that gonna help her represent me. But my brand ambassador, she's basically one right now. She's doing a lot in Texas for me. She went to Grunt Style. Um, she's gonna be on their podcast or something. She knows oh, nice. the guy that's doing events and stuff like that. So she's really trying to network with him as far as getting the coffee out. So giving him cards and stuff. So. Um, I'll I'll give a little bit of information on that. Yeah, yeah. Don't so divulge too much. Leave leave a little bit out that you should be on the hook. That's right. Just leave a little. So people are like, no she, way. <laughs> she's uh amazing. So in June, I don't know what I don't even know the date, but they've been so amazing. I have two brand ambassadors that set up all this crazy shit in Texas. It's going to be a photo shoot with tanks and all kinds of military. Nice. Yeah. So they, yep, they're really it. helping you don't need me to on say that. No more. Good to go. No more. Okay. That's all you need to say. I'm not saying anymore. That's it. <laughs> that's it. Pictures with tanks and let the imagination run wild because that's that's pretty awesome to do that. That's going to be neat. You know, like I yeah. can I can I can come up with my own stuff. Like, hey, maybe there'll be a girl that looks like the logo and then she's going <laughs> to sit on the same pose on a tank like this, all like you know. <laughs> So, I let, yeah, let the imaginations run. Huh? Yeah, yeah, girls with tanks. And uh... yeah, so, <laughs> that's awesome. No, and I mean, that's that's super good that you got in with them. Like, they're they're a good company and they really support vets. I like their shirts. Oh, wait, obviously. Yeah, I saw so, that. They're, I they're saw super that. comfy shirts. I love them. So, so, if they're watching, if they ever do, thank you for your <laughs> shirts. You know? <laughs> been trying to get yeah. one of them jokers to come on here too but they're so big it's hard to get a hold of somebody but it'll get there but I'm, I'm glad that you got that and you're setting that up i'm glad your business is going up and you know you you it's it's good to see especially veterans we take a trauma and we kind of turn it into something for other veterans to be like hey look it's okay look at this i went through all this and i'm doing this now and that's the inspiration like for you yours is coffee mine is this podcast you know like I do it yeah. every week. I get to meet amazing veterans every week. Sometimes I get some repeat cust- uh, repeat guests, you know, because mm-hmm. there's something specific that I want to talk about. And it's just, you know, I, I enjoy it. And I know what you're doing is super great. And I look forward to the, the cake cups coming whenever they do. I look forward to the different flavors because I know that I know you survey the market to see what flavors, which is smart instead of just having an abundance of coffees that don't sell. So, I mean, that's that, 
that's super smart that you see like, okay, which ones are doing good, which ones are not. And so that way you don't have product that's just sitting there doing nothing. Yeah. And then you got to throw it on sale and things like that. And Mm -hmm. see, I couldn't do all that. Mine is just, yeah, there's too much numbers for me. I'm not (laughs) math in public is hard for me. So, (laughs) but um, uh, I don't, I still reach out to the veterans sometimes that like business stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm still asking. Yeah. I, ask, I still ask a lot of questions and try to get help from other people that have businesses and stuff. They've already been. Oh, there. Yeah. And that's the best ones, especially the ones that have are, are successful with like just a steady flow and constant, you know, those are the best ones to ask. Okay. What are you doing? What stuff are you using? What organizational tools are you using? So that way I can use it too. You know? So like, it's, that's good. Right. I, I, but I like yeah, that. That's a, that's a good idea. Yeah, I recommend if anybody's interested in business, I uh, just there's so many better net, uh, networking groups online, and um, it's just been amazing to see. You could take each other's failures, or we call it fail forward. So um, just taking other people's experience too, and not trying to do everything yourself because that can. Uh, make the time go like a lot slower if you're trying to figure it all out yourself and you'll probably get discouraged without any support. And um, So there's just lots of uh, better network stuff that you can do online if you're interested in one. I kind of steer everybody to Vet Tribe just because there's so many veterans in that space. You can usually find mm-hmm. somebody to do anything for your logo or or whatever you're trying to look for. So, Right. No, and that's that's awesome. I mean, there's a lot of them out there, a lot of veteran groups out there that are target specific. Like I'm part of a few where there's some that's specifically for VA home loans. There's those, there's a, there's like, that's all they talk about is VA home loans. There's some like just for entrepreneurs. There's some just for networking in general. Like there's, there's a whole bunch like that. And I think it's great that they, that those groups do that because it's outlets for us, you know, like you Mm -hmm. can even see on there, you'll someone or veteran write, Hey, I need help. And they'll kind of explain and the messages and comments just flood, you know? And and that's, that's, that's awesome to see when, when the, when a veteran is struggling. So it's like, even those Mm -hmm. who are watching it, just make a post, even if it's anything you make a post, I guarantee you, you will get messages, you will get comments and because we're out there to help, you know, Mm -hmm. even, even, even me, even I know Carrie too, she has her moments. I have my moments and it's just yeah. having that good network to get through those days that are just a little bit tougher than others. Um, I watched a thing that and it, I actually saved it. It was a video and it talked about, you know, uh, you're going through a hard time and you're going through hell and things like that. But there's a reason and um, you're going through that stuff because you can handle it, you know, uh, it wouldn't be given to you if you couldn't handle it. And that just means you're getting closer to your purpose. So the harder it's getting, it means the closer to your end, your goal is what you're getting to. Cause if it was easy, then, you know, something's mm-hmm. going to happen and throw it off track. So uh, the harder it gets, the closer you're getting to your destiny. And, mm-hmm. and, that, and then that's, that's, then it's stuff will just keep going and keep going and keep going because you know, that negative stuff is trying to prevent you from getting to where you're on track to going. So as long as you keep knocking that stuff out and keep pushing out the way, and then in turn, as that's happening, you're learning about yourself, you're gaining experience, you're gaining knowledge, and that can turn around and inspire others. 
that's my little piece there. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh, I totally agree. Like getting out of your comfort zone, pushing yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Getting out of your comfort zone definitely uh, makes you grow. Yeah. And I keep totally. doing it. Even if I don't like it, um, I do it. <laughs> yeah. And, then, gonna, and I know that's uh, hard. I haven't done an event before, so. I'm going to go in July to AFES at Fort Bragg. Nice. The Veterans Girl America one. So that's out of my comfort zone, but that's what I need it. I need it. Yeah, no. And that that's a good icebreaker, too, to get your stuff out there, to get you a little bit of public uh, public speaking, public forum, you know, like that. that's going to be super cool. Is it going to be recorded? Is it going to be like a live or are you just going to or is it kind of just an event um, or? Well, it's an event. It's called Veterans Go America's um, and some of their stuff put it on. But so they'll have like all the vendors outside of APs and stuff like that. I think it's outside. And uh, I have another veteran. I did a podcast. He said that he because they're working on like a podcast switching over a TV show thing or something. And he said he might make it down to record my part of it. But I don't oh, know cool. yet. Oh, that'd but be awesome. they, do, they do have somebody walking around filming a little bit here and there, but you know what I mean? I wouldn't be on there. Yeah, yeah. Um, last, I don't know if Bragg's going to be as big, but they had, they just did it in Virginia. And unfortunately I couldn't go up for Belvoir, but they had music and vent food and all kinds of, it was pretty big. So I'm hoping Fort Bragg's going to be as big. As oh, that yeah, that'd, be super, that'd be super awesome. Well, as we bring it up here to wrap it up, uh, I always, people always know who watch. I like to do like a little closing motivational, inspirational statement from my guests for the, for everyone who's watching and those who watch this later on. Um, sometimes, uh, we need that swift kick in the ass to actually get up and go do something. And that's what I try to provide at the end of this is just like, if anything else, if you, if you tuned in late or if you're listening, but not really watching, it's let me get your attention now. It's like, Hey, Pay attention because something's about to happen. You're about to get a, a statement, so I need you to pay attention. So, and that's going to come from <laughs> that's going to come from the CEO of Soldier Girl Coffee. She's going to give her motivational thing for you guys. So, go ahead. Okay, I have PTSD, and if I can do this shit, anybody can do it. Um, it's all about mindset, and I have to constantly work on my mindset. Some days it's not good. Some days. Is worse than others, but as long as you don't give up, you will succeed. As long as you get back up, keep going one foot in front of the other, no matter what happens, um, you'll see success. It may take time, just don't give up. Um, another big thing is love yourself, have confidence in yourself. I mean, nobody's going to love you. You have to love yourself and believe in yourself because everybody else you have to have kind of thick skin because people are going to come at you and you have to let that shit roll off your back. Um, if, I'm really not getting a lot of negative, but I'm getting some weirdos coming. <laughs> let that roll off me. If people don't like it too bad, because I do have, I even have family members that don't like me using the F bomb and all this stuff so much. But I said, I feel if I can connect with veterans in some level and unfortunately we cuss all the time or whatever, then I'm going to keep doing it. I mean, that's not my target market, so I don't care what they say. Mm-hmm. Sorry, not sorry. Um, I think people should just be their self. We live in a crazy times, I think. And in, 
in this world and I try not to like focus on politics and I just, I want to focus on helping people. So that's my advice. Just don't give up. I'm going to keep having this in your face attitude with my merchandise and I'm just going to keep going. (laughs) I just, I just want everybody to like, not, I just wish I would know a long time ago, not to let everybody else dictate what you should feel or think or how you should live your life, you know, because you're the only one that can make you happy. I mean, you're the only one that can fill in your soul, like what makes you happy. So that's all I got. That's, that, 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 that's, all day. <laughs> that's that's no that's perfect especially that last part where you know it's in it's simple you can't control someone else's someone else's thoughts and actions you can only control your own you know um i think that's great and it's so inspirational and it's and you know really drive it drives it home with what you're trying to do and what we need as a community especially to, to kind of final off this here and it's just it's the same thing it always revolves around it, it seems like Everyone I have always says the same thing, but they put their own little spin on it. And I think it's amazing because everyone processes that in a different way and everyone has their own message for that. But the core, the core message is don't give up, you know, don't let someone dictate your life, you know, and that's kind of what it revolves around. If you spend your time worrying about what someone else thinks, you're not going to enjoy your own life because you're so worried about what someone else thinks. And we all fall into it. No one's perfect. Uh, I've done it. I don't, I don't do it now, but I used to, and that was a hard battle to, to, to fight through, but you guys can do it. Uh, Carrie's doing it on a daily and she's getting better at it and better and better, <laughs> you know? So I'm doing it. <clears throat> I'm still improving. Everyone's improving and that's just what it's about. So I appreciate everyone for tuning in. Carrie, thanks for, for coming on here and spending a little bit of time talking about your coffee. If you guys want her coffee, her link is in the uh, bio. You can Google Soldier Girl Coffee and it'll come up. I did it. I promise if you type that in, it's the first thing that pops up on the Google. So if you say you can't find it, you're a liar because I did it. <laughs> I even I didn't even type in the whole thing. I typed in Soldier Girl and it was the first shit that popped up on the Google. So there's no excuse about, oh, I can't find it. No, no, you're just lazy. <laughs> and you don't want to look nice. for it. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's there. Go get some coffee, especially if you wake up. Shift from Starbucks and all their stuff. And come over here to the Soldier Girl Coffee Seat. Wake up, bitches. Look at her shirt <laughs> right there. So um, yeah. I, appreciate, I appreciate everybody for coming on. Carrie, thanks for coming on the podcast. It was a great having you here. And tune Thank in you. next week. Oh, you're welcome. Tune in next week because I got another guy coming on. His name's Matt. He has, his, I think his, he's a big guy on Instagram. Has a few hundred thousand followers. He's a, he does a whole bunch of stuff. He was a Marine. So he's coming on next week. He's going to be another guy. So I'm going I'm going back to the Jarheads this, uh, next week. You know, I've been on like a Jarhead run lately. So I had to come in and throw an army one in. I had to break that mold so I can yeah. at least get some some uh, some semi-normal C over here. And then, then we'll go back to the craziness next week. Mm. But uh, no, I'm kidding. It's all inner branch love. <laughs> but uh, I appreciate everybody for tuning in. Carrie, thanks for uh, coming on. And I will see all of you guys next week.